Good evening, everyone. Um, I noticed that uh, some people were logging on to this uh, Zoom call last week, last Tuesday. Um, and uh, I realized that it might be because we're just doing this first and third Tuesday of each month, um, that it can be hard to you know figure out which, which week it is. And I, I get that. And so I think on the weeks when we're not meeting, uh, on Tuesday, I'll I'll send a reminder email just saying we're not meeting this week, you know, so that every week there'll be a, you know, you don't have to like keep track and all that because I, I get that. Um, so um, so anyway, every week there'll be a, a notice that says either we're meeting or not meeting on that Tuesday. Um, all right, so I thought we'd begin with. Uh, 20, 25 minute meditation together. Um, it'll be dual awareness practice um, where we're uh, attending to the breath and sounds in our environment. Um, I'll guide you through that, so don't worry if you're unfamiliar with this practice. And then uh, I have a few words to say about practice afterwards, and I wanna leave some time for discussion questions um, afterwards. So to start, please just get into a comfortable position. Position which you feel alert but relaxed. And in which the breath can move freely in and out of the body. So you're not or bent over in any way, but the front side is open. Just take a moment to check in with the body, feel how it's doing. Notice the sensations produced by the contact between your body and the seat beneath you. The floor beneath you. Are there particular spots in the body that feel uncomfortable, sore, pained in some way, or tense? Just take stock of how the body as a whole is feeling. Just noticing. And take stock as well of how the mind feels right now. Does it feel scattered? Is it full of thoughts? Does it feel sluggish? Again, just noticing, not trying to change how the mind is feeling or acting, just noticing how it is. And your emotions and your feelings as well. How are they doing right now? Do you feel any anxiety? 
any other kinds of emotions or feelings. And now please bring your awareness to the inside of the tip of your nose. And feel the sensations produced there as your breath goes in and out of the body. As your breath passes over the soft tissue on the inside of the tip of your nose. Just notice the sensations produced by the breath there. Can you feel how the breath is a bit cooler on the in-breath than it is on the out-breath after the breath has been circulating in the lungs and the body for a little bit? Notice that subtle difference in the temperature and or texture of the breath. From the moment you breathe it in to the moment you breathe it out. And see if you can feel the sensations of the breath throughout the entire duration of an in-breath and an out-breath. All the way from the beginning of the moment you begin inhaling to the end of the inhalation. And all the way through the entirety of an exhalation. Can you keep your awareness on the breath the whole time? And if you can't, don't worry, that's natural. Just keep bringing your awareness back to the breath whenever you feel your attention wandering off. And as you let your awareness of the breath deepen, as we continue sitting, pay particular attention to the 
brief pauses between the end of one exhalation and the beginning of the next inhalation. So slight pause after we've let go of the breath before the body just naturally begins breathing in the next breath. Let your awareness really attend to what that pause between breaths feels like. Now please bring your awareness down to the center of your chest, your breastbone or sternum area. And just feel the sensations there in the center of your chest that are associated with the breath as the chest expands and contracts as you breathe in and out. Notice what kind of sensations you feel there in the center of your chest. This part of the chest may feel stiff, tight, might feel tender, warm, might feel numb. Just notice how it feels, not trying to force it to feel any particular way. Try to notice the ways in which the sensations here in the center of the chest change moment by moment throughout the course of each in-breath and out-breath.
We're not controlling the breath. We're not managing it. We're just letting the breath be however it wants to be. All we're doing is just feeling how the breath feels. And now please bring your awareness down into your belly and feel the sensations in the belly that are associated with the breath. For some of us, the belly may move just very little, hardly at all as we breathe in and out. Perhaps we're breathing mostly into the chest and that's okay. Just notice that slight movement of the belly, but for others of us, the belly may move a bit more. Notice how that feels. And of course, how it feels may change. And notice that as well. If you feel any tension or holding in the belly as you hold your awareness there, just let your awareness notice that tension, the soft acknowledgement. Just let the tension be there, but just surround it with a soft, gentle awareness. not fighting tension or trying to get rid of it. See if you can just let it be and just keep attending to the movement of the breath. And now please try to hold the, all three spots at once, the nose, the chest, and the belly in your awareness. 
feeling the breath in all three locations simultaneously. You may not be able to, in which case, just let your awareness move gently from spot to spot, hanging out of the nose for a bit before moving to the chest and then the belly. But once in a while, see if you can feel the breath in all three locations simultaneously. Please continue following the breath in this way, just noticing sensations in the nose, the chest, and the belly. But while you continue following the breath like this, include in your awareness the sounds in the space around you. So you're feeling the breath come and go, but you're also hearing all the sounds around you. If your focus is too narrowly focused on the breath, you're not going to be able to hear all the sounds around you. So this requires a slight relaxation of your awareness. Awareness needs to be soft and relaxed in order to hear in this way. And anytime you notice that your mind has been carried away by a thought or a feeling or anything, just as soon as you recognize that that's happened, just acknowledge that you become distracted. Take note of what has distracted you. And then gently but firmly bring your awareness back to the breath 
and the sounds around you. Can you hear all the sounds around you in this very moment? And you feel the sensations of the breath in your nose. If you encounter a particularly difficult or challenging feeling or thought, can you bring a kind awareness, a gentle, a warm, soft awareness to that challenging thought or feeling?
And if not, can you bring some warmth to your resistance towards that feeling? To the part of you that just doesn't want to have that feeling or thought. Can you bring some warmth to the resistance you feel towards it? We'll sit like this for just two more minutes before bringing this sitting to a close. Okay, that's great. Please feel free to just move around, stretch, get a drink of water. <clears throat> Okay, so I just want to um, share something from my own practice that I've been um, sort of 
working with, though maybe the better term would be struggling with um, for the the past uh, month or so. Um, And um, I think it's something that actually I often experience at the beginning of the school year um, or um, suddenly you're back in the classroom or you're anticipating being back back in the classroom. And though I love teaching, um, and I find it deeply meaningful. Uh, I think it's um, something that brings up a lot of also anxieties in me, but whether I'm doing it well enough, or whether what I'm teaching is meaningful, or you know, all, all, basically a kind of morass of thoughts and feelings around: am, am I worthwhile? Am I a uh, good enough person? Am I doing anything that matters? Is um, and um, and I was carrying it around as this kind of kind of collapsed, really like kind of you know tight feeling in my chest, um, in my belly, in my throat, um, and it was um, you know. I think the thing, so I think I felt like I was practicing with it in um, every way I knew how. I was really um, uh, trying to, you know, really stay open to the sensations, try to notice the thoughts, um, and uh, try to just let them be. And um, and I think that um, what I realized just in the past week was that um, there was no warmth. There's no actual like kindness in the kind of awareness I was bringing to this um, challenging complex of feelings within me. That um, even though, yes, I was not running away from it, so to speak. I was sitting with it. I was um, I was attending to it, um, even off the cushion. I was, I was maintaining awareness of it. Um, it was a kind of like grit your teeth kind of awareness. It wasn't not in a, a strong, like, you know, not in a kind of a really exaggerated way, but, um, but for all intents and purposes, I was really kind of just gritting my teeth, just maintaining awareness of it and just waiting for it to to go away and then getting kind of more and more despairing that it wouldn't um you know after a number of weeks of it just kind of hanging around um i started to have these other kinds of thoughts of like oh it's not going anywhere you know it's it's this is just this is i'm going to be stuck with this oh it's it's like what's the point of this practice all it does is just it doesn't actually really help i just um um, end up, you know, feeling bad like this. Um, and there was a certain kind of frustration and um, kind of pessimism about um, where this was going. Was it going to go anywhere? Um, and um, then what I um, kind of remembered, kind of uh, embarrassingly late, but um, but thankfully I did remember it, was that um, I wasn't really um, 
I wasn't really um, bringing any actual like loving kindness or warmth to these sensations or thoughts. I was really just hoping and expecting that just awareness alone would make it somehow go away or dissolve or whatever it was. Let me get away from it. Um, and so what I started to do is um, devote more time um, during the day and during each of my sittings to loving kindness practice, where I would say to myself, um, extending kindness to myself exactly as I am right now. And I think this was, um, so loving kindness practice is something that we've talked about on, on Tuesday nights, you know, many times over the years. And um, it's a practice that I know is um, really important and transformative. But I have to admit that um, in my own practice, it's something that I often let slide. You know, I, I, I focus on just awareness practice. I focus on following the breath. I focus on noting thoughts, right? I do body scans. But there is, I think, something about loving kindness practice that has throughout my entire sort of life with practice been something that I think I've had a slightly ambivalent relationship to. Um, and that it's the first practice that I'll let, you know, slip off the table um, and forget about doing for a little while. And that it happened during this stretch of times I'm talking about. And, um, but the first day that I devoted myself to more extensive loving kindness practice, this feeling that I was talking about struggling with shifted. It didn't exactly go away, but I was able to um, relate to it in a much less frustrated kind of antagonistic way. And I, I realized in retrospect that the awareness that I was bringing to these sensations, like I was like noting them, right? There was a kind of edge to them. Like like I said, like, like a, a gritting of my you know, psychic teeth, so to speak. Like, okay, I'm going to really feel this. I'm going to, you know. Um, and a certain, and I like Pema Chodron likes this phrase, like a certain kind of like self-aggression, you know, to the practice itself. And it wasn't until I started to direct loving kindness explicitly towards myself, exactly as I am right now, meaning feeling crappy, feeling like I was no good, feeling like I wasn't good enough, and feeling like I wasn't going to get anywhere. You know, um, it wasn't until I directed loving kindness to myself in this way that I suddenly could, it's almost like a, uh, it illuminated how much actual sort of tightness and aggression there was in the awareness practice I was engaged in, you know. Um, and that allowed me to bring a different kind of awareness to these sensations and allowed me actually to be okay with myself feeling in this way. I think that was actually really key, like extending kindness to myself exactly as I am right now. If I'm really doing that, then part of what I'm doing is saying like, it's okay for me to be like this, okay for me to be like this and for it not to change. You know, can I be okay with who I am when I feel this way? You know, rather than, am I practicing in order to make myself feel 
in some subtle way different, right? I think this was such a crucial shift. And that first day, I could sort of even bring kindness and warmth to the part of me that wanted to get rid of these sensations. You know, the part of me that was saying, I want not to feel this way. I really, I can't stand feeling this way. I want it to go away. I could acknowledge that that's what I was really doing and actually see that part of myself with warmth and kindness. And then remarkably, the next day, this, the whole sort of complex, that nodded feeling that I was talking about, like that feeling of like kind of being like collapsed and bent over and kind of like, you know, it's just in a, like a cloud over my head, had not gone away, but really like um, softened so much that there was almost, a, there were these moments right there where I almost like couldn't remember what the big deal was. You know, like I'd been feeling this constant, ever-present kind of weight. And then after remembering to bring this kind of kindness to myself exactly as I am right now, there were moments the next day where I was almost like, wait, what was I so exercised about? I almost trying to have to like remember what the big deal was, you know? I mean, I knew in that moment, actually, that this is what I want to talk about tonight, this sort of like this kind of, this like amnesia that I had about the importance of loving kindness, you know, and how um, this remembering how important it is to incorporate into one's practice, you know. But like, that was like a, a few days ago now. And even today, it's almost like I had a hard time kind of like remembering, wait, God, what was that feeling <laughs> that, that that felt so bad, you know, that, um, that I wanted to really like share with the people on Tuesday night? And it's not that I can't remember that I felt that way, but it's much more like an intellectual remembering because it's no longer like residing so viscerally in the chest, in the body, you know. Um, and I think what I what is striking though is how when we are feeling bad in that way, kind of weighed down by whatever it is, whatever deep scripts that we're carrying with us, you know, and I think. You know, I've shared with you that these ones of mine, you know, like I'm no good. You know, I, I'm what I'm what I'm doing isn't really worthwhile. You know, what am I really doing that matters, right? I'm guessing most of you have different ones, right? But we each have that kind of script, that kind of complex of thoughts and emotions that just comes back and grabs us, right, and possesses us for a little while. Um, and I think that um, so just. The next time I think you feel that kind of, you know, um, resurgence, right, of these kind of deep scripts, I think just remember the importance of bringing genuine acceptance and, and warmth and kindness and love to who you are in that moment, exactly as you are. Um, and that it's not the awareness practice alone. The practice of awareness alone is not going to be um, enough, at least in my experience, you know, to, to um, to give us a different kind of perspective on that that suffering 
um, and that the awareness can actually be sort of instrumentalized as a kind of tool that we may be using, even if we don't think of it this way to ourselves, as a kind of um, way to fix ourselves, a way to get rid of something that we're feeling, right? As um, as I, I said a moment ago, as a kind of form of subtle self-aggression. I think this is a kind of ongoing temptation and risk with um, awareness practice that it can be used. Um, it can be kind of like turned into a tool of self-improvement, a way, a, a tool of like self-control, uh, uh, a tool to try to get rid of parts of ourselves that we don't want, you know, which is, I think, actually often what brings us to practice in the first place, because there's something that we don't like feeling, some part of ourselves that we don't want. And we think practice will help cure us of that part of ourselves. And I think loving kindness, you know, this is the thing that I just remembered, you know, after forgetting it for too long, is the antidote to that kind of attitude. I mean, such a necessary kind of corrective to that kind of um, self-aggressive um, approach to practice. So um, in any case, I, this is a lesson I seem to have to learn like once a year. I, I, you know, I forget it over and over again. And every time I remember it, um, I feel like, God, well, you know, what's wrong with me, you know? But at the same time, it feels so wonderful to remember it that I can't dwell too much in self-criticism. Um, um, so anyway, I'm just assuming that you know, we're all human. Probably some of you could use these reminders too. So that's what I wanted to share. I want to share something that felt really alive in my own practice recently. Um, so anyway, I think I'm just going to stop there and say, does this resonate with anyone here? Can people relate to it? And would you be willing to share um, from your own experience? Or do you have any questions about what I just said? Because depending on how much experience you have with practice, some of what I said may... Um, may not be totally clear and i'd be happy to to elaborate um so yeah let me just throw um things open for anyone who'd like to to speak ezra hello hi Vernie. Uh, i really appreciate your emphasis on doing the practice of loving kindness and uh but I have one question. When you mentioned earlier that you had an ambivalence to doing the loving kindness practice or a hesitancy to doing it, I'm wondering, was there any particular uh, strong thought that was uh, went along with that ambivalence that prevented you from doing the kindness practice? Because I know that you know it's really valuable. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um... I don't know if ambivalence is exactly the right word. Maybe it's um, hesitation, but I think it's, I, I think I have a hesitation towards this practice precisely because it's the thing I need most, you know? And I think it's, um, I think my, there is um, almost like there's a kind of um, sometimes baseline tightness or hardness in the the heart space that um, almost wants to um, is defensive that wants to hold you know wants to keep keep uh, at arm's length 
practices that will soften that space too much. And so um, it will, it will, you know, um, it, it might be just a simple thought, like, I, I don't really need this, you know, um, but of course I do. Um, and then I think um, at another level, it's um, maybe a fear that, um, that I don't, I mean, they're a very deep kind of thought that that has come up um, usually in the course of like sessions, like long retreats, where it, because it's a very deep one. It's like I think one of my um, deepest core beliefs is that um, uh, something's wrong with my heart. Like I don't actually have love to give other people. Um, that um, that I'm broken. That that's something that, you know. Um, and so I think it just feels like such a tender place. It's just. Um, there's a there's a natural kind of avoidance I feel towards that practice. I don't know if this is this is a little bit of a roundabout answer, but there's a, a so a hesitation, kind of aversion, um, because I think it feels so touchy and tender there. So does that make sense to you? Yeah, good. Thank you, Bernie. Yeah. Hi, Elizabeth. So, so I don't know if people know this. Ezra and Elizabeth are my two teachers, and they they it's just yeah. So it's really nice that they are taking the time to join us. It's nice to see you, Elizabeth. Yeah. Well, Bernie, first, I want to thank you for bringing up something so utterly genuine um, and putting it on the practice table for others, because that seems to me to be what's one of the most helpful things for others. And I, the one thing I wasn't sure, I had to go offline for a, a brief period a couple of times, and you may have addressed whether you have a physiological component in that loving kindness practice, something like feeling the breathing in the center of the chest uh, or something that keeps it physically embodied. And I, I'm sorry, I missed it if you said it. So I'm just asking now. No, I'm glad you're um, asking that, Elizabeth, because actually I forgot to say that. Um, when when I do this practice, I um, I bring my awareness to the center of the chest or you know the heart space and i and i feel the breath being drawn in to that part of the body so i breathe in through that space feeling the breath there and then i say extending kindness to myself exactly as i am right now and so instead of feeling the breath in the nose or the belly i think it really is very powerful to bring to to, to center one's awareness in the center of the chest because for me, this is the place that gets tight when the heart feels closed. And so it's really like there's a kind of, as you said, a kind of embodied physiological component to the practice is not just a mental thing. Yeah. And I also, you know, mm. I'm, I'm pretty, um, I, this is not for you, Elizabeth, for others, but I also, you know, some of you will be more used to phrases like, may you be, may I be happy, may I be safe, may I be at peace. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm open to all different forms of loving kindness practice, but I have found that when I use those kinds of phrases, I'm also I'm very tempted to subtly want myself to feel the ways those words describe. Like I want, I want, like, may I be happy? And I'm kind of imagining myself, I'm feeling, wanting to feel happy. May I be at peace? Like imagining myself wanting to feel a bit different than I feel. And there's something about that phrase, extending kindness to myself exactly as I am right now, that reminds me that the point of this kindness practice actually to accept myself exactly as I am right now, not wish myself to feel a different way. 
Um, so anyway, just if, in case some people are wondering, like that's a kind of odd phrasing. It's a phrasing I borrowed from Ezra and Elizabeth, but I found it really useful as a, as a kind of reminder not to use loving kindness. Again, like I was saying, we can use awareness practice as a way to try to make ourselves feel different than we are, but rather to really open with warmth to how we are as we are. So, yeah. Bryn, it's nice to see you. It's been like two years or something, right? It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, not since I was going to say the Zoom era, but we're still in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But thank goodness, because you're still in Cal you're California or something, right? You're far away or? I'm back. I'm in New York again. Okay. So. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, yeah, just acknowledge and thank you for that. Yeah. That lesson about the kind of subtle, but also sometimes not so subtle self-policing, you know, mm -hmm. that comes with awareness. And when I first sat down and you were speaking about checking in with yourself emotionally and physically, it was like, I already knew it was going to be a rough one. You know, mm -hmm. the thoughts were already whirling and too fast and I could feel all the points of discomfort. And my first thinking around it was basically like, Oh, Oh man, there's a lot to fix today, you mm -hmm. know? And, uh, sort of luckily my dog who I, I had a really busy day today, so I couldn't give her a really decent walk was distracting me the whole time I was trying to sit. She was like placing a toy on my knee every few seconds and, you know, playfully growling. And in, in, in all respects, like this had all the ingredients of being like a totally failed meditation, you know, because, I was already too caught up in my head that needed fixing. And then my dog was all in my business and that needed fixing, but it was so funny and sweet. Like the way she was interrupting this already interrupted process that it just kind of like, I don't know, invited me to, to give it up, you know, mm -hmm. for the day and like, mm -hmm. and not go where I thought I was initially headed, which was to just, uh, continuously like try and self-correct and not accept what was happening. Like you were saying. Mm -hmm. So I had this like kind of accidental reminder from my dog that like, it's okay, whatever it is, even if it's just a complete wash today, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> meditationally speaking, I guess. So I don't know, it was actually quite pleasant in the end. And um, once she calmed down a little bit, I was able to focus and and hear what you were saying about this sort of like just as it is you know mm -hmm. but it took me a lot of disruptions to get there and that's also okay you know yeah yeah that's wonderful thanks for sharing that Bryn. yeah that's a great story hi bernie hey carmen. carmen hi um i just wanted to say this really resonated with me too i think I've I've been having some trouble um in the last like couple of years. I yeah, I still think of myself as like a new meditator, mm -hmm. but have gone through periods of like long lapses and practicing. And I've been tending to compare myself recently with anytime I do practice with like how I felt when I first started getting into meditation. And I think um just this really resonated with me because. I, um, when I first started meditating, I didn't have any expectations and I didn't have a history of meditation. So I didn't really know what to expect. And it ended up feeling really 
important to me and special. And, um, and now I, I've been going through these cycles during, um, practice where I'm really, am exactly like how you described judging myself and, and, uh, having this critical voice that's kind of, because now I have a short history of, of meditation, like I have something to compare myself to. Um, and I really miss like not having that voice, which was because I didn't have it at the beginning before I like had a history of meditation. So yeah, that, that was something I was thinking about um, when you described your, your um, recent challenges too, or, you know, just, just journeys in practice. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Carmen. And I think that is a particular challenge that starts to rise the longer you've sat, right? You have more, even like points in the past they can compare yourself to. Are you making progress where you thought you were going to go when you start practicing? All these things, right? And I think it's just actually is good to be consciously aware that that is part of a big part of what practice is, you know, um, after you start to do it for a while. Um, that um, And it, it's a really kind of wonderful opportunity um, as difficult as it is to notice those kind of thought patterns. Because my guess is, Carmen, that these kind of comparisons, these kind of judgments, right, they may um, be affecting your experience of sitting, but they also probably affect a lot of other domains in your life as well, right? And so it's just like, what what kind of deep patterns are there where we're like always tracking how well we're doing it? Are we getting somewhere? Um, oh, totally. I Oh, I just, I noticed as well that I was coming from here from the library and mm -hmm. The library was going to close in 30 minutes and I was like oh no I didn't like get everything done should I not go to the session or mm -hmm. should I stay here or should I go to meditation and it was like a judgment of how much work I had gotten done and then mm -hmm. I came here and like still it was a really similar thought pattern in mm -hmm. meditation so yeah yeah no we 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 do in when we meditate what we do elsewhere in our life too right and it's, that's what makes it so interesting to sit it's like this laboratory we can really see those patterns yeah um okay so i'm sorry um i don't know if actually uh, it's just like i felt sort of like uh, um kind of slightly discombobulated as i was sharing um but i think um um i just wanted to share something that was really going on with me and it was not it's not it wasn't kind of like shaped in the way that maybe i i hoped it would end up sounding but um but thank you for um for, for being here and 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 listening and and sitting with me it's wonderful to, to have you all here um so as we usually do when we say good night can we sit for one minute together so we can end in silence and, and then I'll tell everyone when that minute is over, and then we'll sign off. Okay. So there'll be no guidance for this final minute of, minute of sitting together. I'll just let you know when the time is up.
Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. It's wonderful to see you all. And I'll look forward to seeing you next time. Good night. Thank you, Bernie. Bye. Take care. Thank you so much, Bernie. Good night.